0: Welcome to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. Typically, we bring you in-depth interviews with photographers and models who push the boundaries, etc., etc., etc. But today, we are going to do something a little bit different. I need to start with apologizing for ghosting everybody for the last several months. The podcast has not come out yet because I started over the last several months of the podcast. I've started to suffer some fairly severe social anxiety, specifically around social media messaging. I mostly find the guests of the podcast via social media. And it was getting harder and harder to message people. I typically have to message, you know, 10 or 15 people to get one person to come on the podcast. And I get it. Rejection's a part of life, etc., etc., etc. But it just got more and more difficult to try and do that. I, I, I don't have a good excuse for it. It was just growing levels of anxiety. I am ADHD, which is certainly not an excuse, but possibly an explanation. I tend to get focused. I mean, even last night. I'm, I'm going to Glam in a couple of, I guess in October. And I just spent all of last night in a state of like half-awakeness, like doing and redoing social media conversations with models that I want to work with. Social media conversations take up so much brain space, and I avoid them wherever possible. So yeah, I don't know. I do not have a good explanation for why, other than I am putting way too much importance and way too much thought into every social media interaction, and it takes up more and more space in my brain. And yeah. Anyways, the podcast is not officially over. I'm still trying to figure out where I want to go from here. I enjoyed the podcast. I enjoyed talking with people. I love kind of finding out where they're coming from and what they're doing. Although I also have heard some feedback as well. And that's actually what my goal is with this particular episode, is to at least give you guys some closure if it doesn't go forward from now and have some idea of what happened rather than just disappearing out of your feeds. And I want to pull the curtain back a little bit and I want to discuss some of the realities of podcasting. So where did the podcast come from? It was, oh, actually, I should mention too. Number one, I'm not going to do much editing on this episode. Uh, I don't typically like doing editing. Number one, and number two, I'm using a new tool. I got some Rode Wireless Go 2 mics because I was hoping to do more in person interviews, I got them like a year ago. And this is my first time using them. So I'll, I'll listen through it a bit, make sure the sound is good. I probably won't do much edit- editing. So this will be maybe a little rough at times especially if the dogs start barking. I will, I will go in and remove dog barking if that happens. So where'd the podcast come from? This was a COVID project. I couldn't shoot at the time due to COVID. My wife was very insistent and I completely understand that I not go hang out with strangers during the COVID epidemic. But I wanted to get into nude photography. I wanted to do that since I was a kid. My dad and I were walking, taking a hike one day and we came across a photographer who was shooting a woman in a pair of bikini bottoms and a sheer top. And as a teenager, I was like, oh my god, people do this? Uh, it's funny, I had seen, you know, this was back in the 90s, so it was magazines. And I knew this was a thing people could do, but it didn't occur to me that, like, you could just go and do it. So this has been something I've been wanting to do forever. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s, late 30s, that I actually kind of got the, I had the money... And the time and the maturity to kind of uh, move into the hub. So I wanted to, I I shot my first nude uh, shoot with Melancholy back in 2019. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this. I've been doing mostly portrait photography and, you know, environmental photography before that. And I was like, all right, well, let's get into this. And then COVID happened. When I was looking at the podcast, I figured out there's about four groups of people that listen to this podcast there are photographers and models who want to make art. That seems like a fair bit, actually, a surprising number. You would think that from all the stuff that kind of goes in the media and what the way people talk about this, you'd think that the vast majority of photographers are, you know, drooling leches, and the models just want to make money off the drooling leches, And that's true of uh, a subset of these as well. But most of the ones that I've talked to, actually really like want to make something creative and beautiful. And the second group is the photographer, the models who want to make money. There's, there's, there's some overlap there. Ideally there, it would be great to make money while doing something you love. But what I'm talking about here specifically is I'm talking about the ones who are purely here to make money. I've mentioned it recently before, but there are definitely some models who are doing this because specifically doing nude and not safe for work style stuff because they are exhibitionists and there are some who just don't care they, they they don't really particularly care if somebody sees them naked or doing various things and they're more in it for the money it, it's fair i mean I'm, i only work because they pay me <laughs> i wouldn't work if they didn't pay me next are the photographers and models who do this for the sexual satisfaction you know photographers leches, models who are exhibitionists and then finally horny dudes who want to hear horny stories. That is by far the largest group of people. Uh, but generally speaking, I found they don't stick around very long. And I'll talk about them more in a little bit. I originally tried to address all of these four groups. But what I'm finding with my download numbers, and we'll get into that in a bit, and also from the feedback I'm getting is that it's not possible to target all four groups with the same content. Uh, so I think I'm going to focus on groups one and two going forward for this podcast. Uh, photographers and models who want to make art, photographers and models who want to make money. Uh, again, assuming that I can overcome the social media anxiety thing and the podcast does go forward, does go forward. Now, if I decide to monetize, now that's going to be groups three and four because group three, the photographers and models who do this for sexual satisfaction, whether it's because they're a or an exhibitionist or a, or a, I guess I shouldn't say lech, I guess I should say, Boyer, voyeurs and exhibitionists those are the two that the horny dudes want to hear about horny dudes want to hear about they, they don't want to hear about the reality they don't want to hear about respectful interactions where nobody inappropriately touched anybody they don't want to hear about when people are being professional they want of course salacious content and there are other podcasts that handle that inside OnlyFans. fans is a good one if you prefer the more salacious stuff. They, they talk a little bit about the business and then they talk. They always have more personal stories. That was actually kind of the balance I was trying to go for. Asking a few questions about how, you know, professional things were and how they go ahead and do things. But it doesn't seem like that is the, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like what the listeners want. So what I, do find is I find that there are a large number of folks who find the podcast by searching for the model's name plus nude or the model's name plus NSFW and then listen for a few minutes and then leave because the content is too boring for them. I think the most popular, I'll I'll get into some numbers, but the most popular one, definitely that's what happened. There was a huge spike in people that, and I can see in the Google numbers, a huge spike in the number of people that listened to it. And it was almost all like they came in and then they would quickly... Now, if I do try to monetize it, the group three and four, the voyeurs and exhibitionists and the horny dudes, I'm going to try and keep it completely separate from this podcast. I i don't know. I I still think that there, I think that if you're going to monetize photography, well, I mean, especially we're talking about nude and not safe for work photography, if you're going to monetize it, you need the horny dudes. Like they're the ones who are willing to pay. They're the ones who have the money. Models typically do not have a ton of money. Photographers have money, but photographers want to pay their money with models they want to hire models they don't want to pay for podcasts so but if I do try to monetize it I'm gonna keep it completely separate I would rather keep two separate podcasts and two separate feeds and that way people can only listen I I think I had the right idea when I started to try and divide it up into two halves of a podcast but it still was in the same feed I don't know we'll see all right my social media okay no sorry I scrolled my notes in the wrong place so the podcast itself, download numbers. Podcasts live and die by their numbers. This big, big download numbers means sponsors, income, influence, riches. This is how I get rich, right? No, this is not a podcast with high download numbers. We. It's actually kind of funny because if you look at the, if you look at the average podcast downloads, uh, a podcast. Episode that has been live approximately 30 days averages 141 downloads. If you have over 3,400 downloads, you're in the top 10%. If you have over 9,000 downloads, you're in the top 5%. If you have over 50,000 downloads, you're in the top 1%. I am. This is an average podcast. Uh, if I go back and look at all of our episodes uh, in the last 90 days, the last episode actually. I should. Look at it in a slightly different way. Our last episode with Cat Malone, if I go to all time, it got 210 downloads. So that is a bit more, although it's been a bit more than, I was all the way back in February. Is it actually? Wow. I realize it's been seven months. See, this is what happens. This is what happens with, as I was talking with someone about the next episode, and then I was seized by this kind of anxiety around the social media, and then I put it off a day and then I put it off a week. And then once I put it off a month, I was like, Oh, I can't go back now. I put it off a month. And then I started thinking about like, well, how am I going to address this? And I can't believe it's been, I can't believe it's been seven months. Wow. I, uh, I feel even worse now. Awesome. But in the first month, like the first day, there were 33 downloads. That is, I believe, how many subscribers that I had. Anything over and above in the thirties was probably people finding it via search. So in this case in the first 30 days there was 33 10 2 and 5. So that's 50 downloads. So that was far less than average there. For a while we were getting more downloads. There was a while where we were getting for a couple of these we got, you know, the normal amount, a hundred and some in the first 30 days. So, for example, the, the biggest one, podcast episode number nine, was Emery Adams. That had 57 downloads on the first day, and it currently has 563 downloads. That's the most downloaded one, but like I said, there's a lot of people looking up Emery Adams and Nude. And they're coming here because they're actually looking for nudes, and then they listen to the boring, very business-oriented podcast, and then they're like, ew, and they leave pretty quickly. That's, that's kind of what, it was looking at that. That made me think, like, oh, I'm not doing anything to address the horny dudes portion of the audience. Because they came in, and they only stayed for five minutes, and then they left. It was after I started seeing some of those stats, I was like, hmm, I need to be doing something for these folks. Which is not necessarily true. So the average episode, again, it ends up being in the 150 or so range, if you get on the top episodes. For all time, number one, on a Green. Oh, on a Green beat Emery. She's up to 565. That's interesting. Emery Adams was... The top one for a while. Christy Connor, 495, 95% Lauren, 422. But again, those have been up, like the Christy Connor one's been up for several years. But yeah, the vast majority of them seem to really hang out in the 150 to 200 range, which is not bad. And one of the things that I'd heard was if you imagine yourself in a room speaking with that many people, if you're in a room speaking with 160 people, 150 people, I would call that a pretty successful talk. It seems to me there's a pretty large variation. The vast majority of them seem to fall in the 150 to 200 range. But like I said, there's a couple that are higher because they have a more public following. And, yeah, that's pretty much it for the, the numbers. So the numbers are not high. The numbers are not nearly high enough to support any type of monetization. They say that it takes about, they say that between 1% and 2% of the people who listen to the podcast will support you. And I initially would like, oh, you know, I'm getting 100 plus downloads, although I didn't really consider that of those 100 plus downloads per episode, the vast majority of them were ephemeral people that came in and listened and left, that there were actually only 33 subscribers. So monetization is not really an option with 33 listeners. One of the things that I ask everyone to do on the interview, that I, everyone that I interview, is I ask them to post their interview on social media. Weirdly enough, I tried a little experiment. I tried to separate that request from the date the podcast would go up. You know, It would go up on a the first day of the month, and then I would put up the social media posts on the third day of the month. There was no noticeable change in downloads when I would put up social media posts. It did literally nothing. It would occasionally bring more followers to my page if the models posted it, but very rarely did they actually take action and go listen to the download. Now, that being said, I've seen... There's, there's someone who's very controversial called Perb Just Pearly Things. But what she does is she takes her clips and she chops it up into like 50 different little ones and she's posting them on TikTok every single day. Uh, I'm sure that I could drive more engagement doing something like that. But mm-hmm. frankly, this is already enough work and I don't want to do more work. So that one. Uh, I did spend some time following some guidance online, trying to grow your following. They said that if you retweet, engage and spend 15 minutes every morning, It'll grow your following a ton. Uh, I followed this advice, and it actually worked. It, I, I grew my Twitter following from 300 to 600 or so before I quit. But those numbers did not change the podcast downloads at all. Uh, as far as I can tell, social media does not impact this particular podcast. So, uh, and, and the way that it, And the way that it looks like you have to act to get it to impact the podcast sounds more like a job to me next item that I have a bit down on here, paying guests. One suggestion I've seen is around not paying guests. I was, generally speaking, paying guests. I didn't have a consistent. I only paid guests in the first couple episodes if they asked for it. But then I settled on trying to pay everybody that came on. I did not pay them very much, unfortunately. The the budget for this was coming out of my shooting budget. So during COVID, when I wasn't shooting, I had money to pay people. When COVID ended and I started shooting again, Paying the guests for the podcast usually meant an hour or less of shooting time, and I'm not, you know, rich. I'm I'm wealthy enough to afford to shoot, you know, once every two months or so, but paying people to come on the podcast meant that I I had to cut down on the shoot. It was almost always less than the models get for their hourly work, but it was also less work for them. No travel, no makeup, no hauling out their stuff, just, you know, get online. It's not very typical for a podcast to pay their guests. In fact, I'd say it's almost unheard of. I've never heard of another podcast paying their guests at all. And, you know, when people put on the internet and ask about it, everybody says, no, you shouldn't do it. Nobody does it. So why was I doing it? Well, two reasons. First, as a small and mostly unknown podcast, getting higher quality guests is tough. Even paying, most of the folks I approached were not interested. Like I said, my response rate was one in 10, one in 15 for just messaging people. And I'm not a terribly social person. I, I do look better in social, as you can guess by the social anxiety around social media. I do better when there is a prescribed role for myself. It's funny. If you stick me on a party with no structure and just tell me to go be social, I will go hide in a corner. If you put me on a party and give me the drinks at the bar and tell me that I, I was a bartender back in my twenties, I'd probably be a terrible bartender now, but uh, as, as a bartender, I was extremely social because it was part of my job and I had a role and there was a structure to it. So this podcast gave me a structure to go out and approach people that I never would have approached in real life. Same with being a photographer, actually. He's, when you're a photographer, like there's a structure and a role to going out and asking models to work with. You. Second, there's a history of photographers taking advantage of models and TFP. This is kind of what I was most concerned about. It's it's, it's become Well, it's not become, like it's always a problem. I guess I shouldn't say it's become a problem, but it's always been a problem where photographers take advantage of models and do TFP and do not provide the models with something that is of value to them. And given the low numbers of listeners on the podcast, I did not feel that exposure on the podcast was worth anything. If I had, you know, 500 downloads and all of those downloads were to photographers, then I might think differently. I'd be like, yes, it's only got 500 downloads, but these 500 downloads are very targeted at the demographic that you as a model want to reach. And you'd probably get bookings out of it. Like that would, if that was true, then I would be more comfortable not offering a monetary, a recompense. So I, I just want to make sure that I'm providing value to the people that come on the podcast. And sometimes, sometimes for some of them, That value's been having the discussion, although usually that's photographers. There's some photographers who just want to come on and talk about what they're doing, and they've refused. Or I've I've offered an honorarium, and they're like, no, thank you. But some people, you know, some people got to eat, and some people need value. Or the value is in, in talking to people who are getting paid. So I think I need to get a higher download numbers before I transition to not paying because I'd really like to be able to guarantee value. Next item on here, I, this is just an unfocused list that I've been adding on to for the last couple of months. I've been thinking about this episode for a long time, and I've got a one note where I've just been adding like little things that I should talk about. So level of work, I can keep track of the time. I have no idea how long it's going to be. This could be really long, could be really short. Level of work for creating the podcast, this is not a terribly involved level of work for creating the podcast, especially split out over a month. It is one to four hours or so to find a guest. Like I said, I've got to message 10 to 15 people. I have to, you know, research, find them, message them, follow up with them, et cetera, et cetera. One to four hours to prep questions, depending on how creative I'm feeling. Sometimes you can look at someone's Instagram feed and their portfolio and like the questions just stream out of you because they do something about it. Just, you know, the questions just flow. Other times the their Instagram feed may be pretty generic, or I'm just not feeling terribly creative, and it's tough to find that. It takes about two hours on the day of recording. A little bit of prep beforehand. I like to record for about an hour and a half, and then edit that down to 45 minutes or so. Then it takes about three hours to edit. It takes about twice as long to edit as it does to record. So the total is between seven and 13 hours. Um, Usually it's a little on the shorter end of that. This is definitely sustainable over a month. When I was Thinking about doing this on a weekly basis, eight hours a week is a fair amount. Especially because what's not included in there is the lag time between messaging people and scheduling people. But, you know, typically speaking, when you message someone, it may take them a couple of days to respond. You've got to respond, and especially with my social anxiety around the media, it typically takes me about it takes me way longer to respond. I see it immediately, and then I start thinking about answers, and then I get in my head and Speaking of which, if I was rich, I would just pay somebody to do all the recruiting stuff for me. That would just remove, like, the biggest headache, and I could just focus on the interview and the editing, which is what I'm good at. So it's difficult on a weekly basis, but it's sustainable over a month, which is where I was ended up trying to record for an hour and a half to two hours, and then ideally I could get two episodes out of that and then release them twice a month because I did see better download numbers when I was releasing more often. Releasing, you know, every two weeks, I feel like I, got, I had some higher numbers, and then when I transitioned to a month, the numbers fell. Cost Currently, the podcast costs around $200 a month. It's not unsustainable, but it is kind of inefficient. Like I said, I only average around 150 to 200 listeners per episode and 33 subscribers. So I'm basically paying a little over a dollar per listener to run the podcast. Or if you look at the subscribers, I'm paying, I guess that's $7 per subscriber. So that's not good. In terms of monetization, companies are looking for one of two audiences. They're looking for a very focused podcast like this. You typically need about a thousand downloads for a company to even consider it. For the broader, more general podcast with a wider audience, they're looking for 50k downloads. And apparently, generally, they pay about twenty to fifty dollars per thousand downloads. So even if I got up to a thousand downloads and got a sponsorship. It would cover the hosting costs (laughs) with, uh, and then I would need a few sponsorships. So I'm not, that's not ideal. The other common option for monetization is Patreon. Rule of thumb is that somewhere between a half a percent and 2% will subscribe to your Patreon. I've talked to some models and I've heard some of the models saying it's even lower than that, but I think that's a consequence of what they're doing because they're, Because there's both so many kind of Instagram models and people putting out spicy content, and it's so easy to subscribe on social media, I think that's probably... I don't think that the number of followers is a good metric for percentage. Like I said, the the number of followers I have on Instagram and Twitter doesn't seem to affect the number of downloads I have, so... I started a Patreon last summer, knowing I should expect to only see one to four folks to sign up based on those numbers, with, you know, an average of 100 to 200 downloads per episode after about three months, I closed it down. Nobody signed up. So I was just kind of testing the waters. Just kind, of, I, I, like, I like testing things just to see how they work out. Um, all right. So that's all the things that I had to discuss kind of around the pulling back the curtain on the podcast, how much work it takes, how much it costs, uh, how successful it's been. It has been actually very successful in one way. I have met a ton of people in this industry that I'm very happy to have met I've had some really good, really interesting conversations with people, and I've learned quite a bit. Like I said, when I started this, I wanted to get into nude and not safe for work photography, and this has taught me quite a bit about the industry and how to, how to you know, if I want to do photography and it's got any connections, and especially as a social introvert like I am, that is actually very vital to me. I just wish that I could do it for a little bit cheaper or have a lot more followers and then have them pay for it. I don't want to make a ton of money with this. Like, like I said, it costs about 200 bucks a month. Like, I would just be happy making 200 bucks a month. If I can make it revenue neutral, that would be awesome. All right. Second part of this episode. I don't know if I'm gonna split this in two episodes or not, or release it. So actually, I guess before I launch into this, I should talk about what well, my plans are. So, what am I planning on doing? I've gotten feedback from email, feedback from Instagram, and I had a photographer with someone on Instagram where he gave me some advice. So again, I haven't decided a hundred percent on if I'm gonna continue the podcast. I want to. I think it's valuable to me in terms of meeting folks and learning more. And there are and may only have thirty three subscribers, but are pretty engaged. Several of them have emailed me and messaged me and provided feedback. It seems like a pretty engaged audience and I hate to hate to let it disappear. So if I do restart things, what am I gonna change going forward? First I'm going to stop sticking so strictly to the questions. At this point in time, I've interviewed enough models that a lot of the answers are sounding very similar. There's only so many ways you can decide to do nude modeling. There's only, you know, so many bad things that photography Well, hopefully there's more. Maybe I don't want to go there. So I'm going to try and focus more on anecdotes and experience and letting the threads of discussion wander more. If it gets ridiculous, I'll redirect. But the questions will be more set up to discuss experiences, in front of the camera and personal stories because I found that a lot of times the questions that I've asked the model can just answer yes or no and then they're done I'm sure you guys have heard that some of the, some of the models tend to be better interviewees others i have been talking too long I'm starting to get dry there'll be still be some technical questions and discussions on things like lighting getting into videography specific fetish topics that make good photography or video uh, subjects etc cetera, etc cetera. but I'm gonna try and let go of the narrative a bit It may still get occasionally saucy, but hey, this is an adult topic. It's going to be adult sometimes, but the focus is not on being saucy. If the conversation turns there, then whatever. I'm going to spend less time on prepping the questions. That's one of the reasons I feel like I should stick to them more, is I sometimes spend several hours working on questions, and then it feels I feel like I have to get through all of them. Second, I'm going to screen better. I've had more than a few folks on that are great models or great photographers, but haven't been really comfortable as interviewees. Uh, maybe try and do a screening call with each guest and try and prep them a bit better. It'd be better about making sure they're a good fit for the podcast. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I've got enough listeners to be terribly, terribly. What's the word we're looking for? Terribly picky. But on the other hand, if I put up a whole bunch of episodes in a row, like I did earlier this year with people that really struggled with the interview part, then that definitely is going to kill my numbers too. So, third. I've been thinking about diving into video. Like I said, I bought these road wireless goes and I bought a shotgun mic for my camera and I've been and some other video equipment, but I'm super nervous about that. I don't, I've never shot video or edited video before, but I guess it's time to start because YouTube seems to have a much larger audience than podcasts. And as was pointed out to me the other day, most photographers are visual people. That's why they're photographers. Uh, although frequently it'll be Zoom. Uh, not everyone's local to the DC area, and I certainly can't afford to fly people in. Uh, I actually did start a studio rental here in DC. Uh, it was pretty affordable. So, if it's, if they're in DC, I can go use that studio and, and try recording the interviews in person. This will be interesting. Very interesting, and probably at least one disaster. So, uh, I don't know if I'll post that disaster or not. <laughs> Fourth, I'm going to try and branch out more. I've been a little too passive in finding guests. I've basically just been messaging tons of models. And most of the, I've had a higher response rate from models than photographers, which has led me to have more models on the guests. It seems like the models are more interested in self promotion than photographers. There are a lot of other folks around in this space. There are, you know, riggers. We had one rigger on. There's producers, cam girls, cosplayers, topics like setting up your own studio, monetizing how to deal with the upcoming AI changes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to do more brainstorming sessions. I heard from a couple of people, they really enjoyed that discussion with Faye, trying to come up with shoot ideas and trying to create, trying to bounce some ideas off each other. That's something I find really interesting because I, I've had very few models be interested. Most models that I've worked with are typically like, you know, you're paying me the money, you pick what we do. Like, well, that's not exactly what I want to do here, but I'd like to look at doing portfolio reviews, although that pretty much requires video. That would probably be best done over zoom because then you can share your screen and show the the portfolio over zoom i'd like to do a shoot and a post shoot review and discussion that is probably also difficult over just audio probably difficult to follow the conversation mm-hmm. fifth i'm going to allow other people to join the interviews there's only like i said the the group of like dedicated followers here is pretty small and most of them are over zoom so once they're scheduled. I think what I'm going to do, if the model approves of it, is fine with it. I will publicize the scheduled interview. And if you want to join, send me a note and I will send you a link. It'll be kept moderated. I'm not going to, you know, let this be a free for all. But you either come off mute to ask questions or I'll I'll, I'll take you off mute to ask questions or ask in chat. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be recorded. I'm not sure how much interest there is. But at least two people mentioned it. So I'm willing to try it. It certainly doesn't cost me anything. Additionally, I've already got a professional Zoom subscription for this, to so that we can record over 45 minutes. I also looked a little bit at doing Spaces as well, but I don't think I've got enough of a social media following for that to work. Well, I'll, if I if I start recording again, I'll try it at least once, and if it falls on its face, well, then it falls on its face. But that one probably will work best as a portfolio review. That actually might be actually might be really interesting. Is if somebody wants a portfolio review, opening it up to a small group of Photographers that follow. Yeah. Six, if I mention any feedback, it'll get mentioned on the next episode. That is one thing that I've been truly terrible with. People have been sending me feedback via email, via reporting thing on the website, a mm. whole bunch of things. And I sat on them too long. It's kind of the same thing has happened before. I debated how to handle them. And then I waited too long and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do anything about this. Uh, you think you're going to handle something. And then in your head, it's kind of just checked off. You thought about it. It's done, but it's so. I'm going to go over some of the feedback that I've gotten that is, that is terrible. So this is from Clint. I believe this was a report from the webpage. Just ran across and enjoyed your podcast with Kat Malone. I've worked with Kat. She's flat out wonderful as a creative partner. It's neat hearing your take on this. It makes me look forward to her return from the West Coast. Nice job on the interview. Thank you, Clint. I appreciate it. Jaden, thank you a bunch for these podcasts. As a hobbyist photographer trying to go pro, this has a lot of great information. I just recently found the podcast and binge listened to every episode. Keep up the great work. Also, don't worry about the audio issues of being new to podcasting. We get it. There's no excuse now. This one was, <laughs> this one was sent out back in like 2019. A no excuse for being new to podcasting. No longer am. From Scott, just found your podcast today on Spotify, looked at the list, and listened to the one with Kazzy. I worked with her in Baltimore last fall. Fantastic model. Anyway, as a former radio DJ, I enjoyed the good audio quality and the content. Great work. From John, quite a lot here. But gave me the heads up that one of the folks on the podcast was in some blacklists in an area. I think I talked about it in one of the next episodes after they warned me. I, I, again, I don't know everybody across the U.S. If people sometimes people reach out to me, sometimes I reach out to people. I, please do not take anybody being on the podcast as a encouragement that you should work for them because I, all I have is a very limited area. Definitely reach out to folks in your area if you hear about a photographer or podcast interview and they're in your area. Like reach out to other models in your area and check on them. So he also said, yeah, he gave me a bunch of feedback, so this is all from John. I think it's a great topic that you've touched on a couple times And what is nude art, what is erotic, and whether that can be defined by a pose or if it's more subjective. And it's very important to some people, as you've noted, that they don't do erotic. So it's always a big communication point to make sure all the parties agree on what their limits are. After some great discussions, podcasts, blogs, and such, I think for me it comes down to a subjective definition. The image has the intent of arousing the viewer, then it's erotic. A bodyscape may have visible labia or penis or even focus on and not be erotic. That said, we can't control what a viewer finds erotic. Fully clothed young woman in pigtails and a cheerleader outfit may be a fetish for someone that's very erotic for them, but the model or photographer are working together to make something that's erotic that's aligned for me. So I'm 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 doing some editing of these comments to shorten them because, I, again, I've been talking quite a lot. I don't usually talk this much. It was great that Natasha was open about the variety of other gigs she tried, from dancing to use panties to being her own flavor of sugar baby. The latter is particularly interesting for the social taboos and potential legal issues of anything heading into the space of full-service sex work. For a lot of reasons, I get why photographers and models don't want to get into that topic, yet I've definitely seen some signs it's out there. Perhaps more natural for models. Already crossed the erotic line into point. More recently, I've run into more photographers slash models doing customs of erotic content for a third-party collector, though i did don't suggest any model doing such custom work I would assume it show up on. That is definitely a problem. I think it's more a problem for models than photographers. A lot of photographers have to have a day job to be able to afford the equipment. A lot of models, when you're working, modeling income is so inconsistent. You may have, you know, 50 different bookings one week. That's an exaggeration. I think 50 book bookings in a week and then zero the next. And you certainly need to come up with gigs or some type of hustle to make that money. And you could do a day job, but again, I think, at least for photographers, it's kind of like the old ho slash pimp. Um, ho slash, what do they call it when a dude is a a stud? There we go, ho slash stud. Like a lot of people, if the photographer, you know, they're working their day job and it comes out that they need nude photography, a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, you know, way to go. But then if a model comes out and she's doing nude work, they're going to be very hesitant. Although I think it's kind of fortunate in that, very fortunate because that's been changing a lot with OnlyFans in some ways. Although I I think OnlyFans is going to have a lot of consequences in the future. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. All right. Uh, Another comment from John. The more people look towards erotic content or porn, the more important it is to be very clear. I've seen one photographer on Flickr that sounds like the case you mentioned, where he's touching the model or a lot more, but if you look at his stuff, he's often working with porn or former porn models, and he has repeat shoots of the same model. So it seems like they plan that ahead. On the other hand, I've had some models point out recently when photographers post images of models on IG, but don't tag them because the model has blocked so that's a sign for their models to look for. This, this case I mentioned, there's a very talented photographer. I was following his blog and he was posting pictures. He, oh, he are so good. I wish I could remember his name because I'd actually like to go back and follow him again because I, I wish that I hadn't unfollowed him in the moment. But he started posting pictures of like his hand on the model's knee and two things. Number one, that very much takes me out of the kind of the appreciation of it. I'm not a huge fan of the signs of interaction between the model and photographer. I very much prefer the photographer as the voyeur slash documenter. Like, I don't mind if it's, you know, a male and a female in the picture, but I don't like breaking the frame, so to speak. And then he started touching them more intimately, and that was wild, I thought, personally. Final one from John. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be great to have a muse in the sense of someone very creatively online. I think for me, I'd say more than the explicit strange ideas, it'd be about feeling more free to try something with the risk of failure that wouldn't make me think the model would be, think poorly of me for even trying. I do agree with that. I think I, I had a amused like relationship with a model like a decade ago or more. And it was just so amazing to shoot with the same person over and over again. And when you, when you only shoot with a model once and you've got two hours or four hours, there's a big push to make sure you get something usable. You know, shoot in the style that you've shot before because you know how to do it. Shoot with the lighting setup you've used before because you know it's going to produce good results. Use window light because it's darn near fail-safe. But again, to to really kind of do that, with a paid model, unfortunately, you have to be pretty wealthy. Reasonably wealthy to, you know, pay them to come back week after week. But, I don't know. I don't know. One day. I'd like to find that again. I really like that experience. I really like that relationship. I like the back and forth. So this goes back as well to what I said before about a lot of models don't seem to care and don't want to collaborate with you. They just want to be paid and you to tell them what to do. And then, you know, you take your pictures and then you guys go separate ways. Which again, I get. It's a job. So final comment I got on my thing. I'm not going to attribute this to anybody because there's some discussion on pricing. But I've been fair with mine. So I guess we're going to talk pricing a little bit. This is one where I had not talked about pricing. I generally, <clears throat> I generally had beeped it out or didn't really talk about it. But some people are fine with being public about it. Others aren't. So this person said, On pricing, interested to talk more, and I think both models and photographers would benefit from price transparency. Fortunately, many models are clear on their model mayhem or personal sites. The standard in New England and traveling models for art nude have been $100 for a while, but that seems to be moving towards $125 or $150 for established models. I know photographers who used to swear they never pay more than $100, but that's not reality anymore. Yeah, I definitely see the traveling models typically are $100. In the last year or so, I've been seeing a lot more $150 an hour, which I'm not thrilled about because, generally speaking, the $100 an hour let me get in for about $300 to rent a studio for two hours and two hours for the model. But yeah, if that's where it is. Inflation's been going up. Uh, it makes sense that pays pay should have to go up as well. Here's a piece of feedback from Instagram. I quite enjoy the podcast the way it is. It's very unique to us photographers and space shooting models. It's a great way of looking at the perspective of the model. With that said, struggling to find, to get the patronage, maybe to reach out and find a co-host or more photographers and models in the weekly show would be great. I look forward to every episode you make to keep up with the work. I wouldn't mind getting a co-host, actually. It is a lot to keep on myself to, you know, do, like I said before, the part that I struggle with the most is finding models. I think it would be interesting to have a co-host. I don't know if it would be better to have two photographers as co-hosts and then mostly interview other people or if it would be better to get a model as a co-host and that way you get a little bit of both perspectives. I don't know. But if you're really, if you interested in being a co-host, message me if we do restart this thing and then we can try it out. I also got this piece of feedback from Lauren on Podpage from the submission. Hey, just found your podcast, I really enjoy it, and think it's really well done. I love how you really get deep into everything for the difference between art, product or porn, etc. and also go into marketing marketing, social media, only fans, etc. I'm a professional photographer, commercial travel and fine art. I'm working on my third fine art book. Oh, doesn't want me to share that link, so I will not share that link. So here's the feedback. <clears throat> First, it seems like you haven't done a podcast in about three months. I'm so only listening to about <laughs> so this one's pretty recent. So I guess this came in right about May first, it seems like you haven't done a podcast in about three months. I've only listened to four of your podcasts. And I think in one, you're having some issues with monetization and viability of continuing the show. I wanted to encourage you to continue. It's a great show. You're very good and it's needed. For example, I've paid about 60,000 models over the last five years. And the podcast I've listened to yours, I've bookmarked three models I may like to work with for this book. Really getting a sense of the model's personality during your interviews is helpful. Oh, so hey, you know what I was talking about before about the whole providing value to models? That's it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If I With only 30-some photographers listening, I'm a little nervous about saying that, but hey, I guess I could do that. I read your blog post on paying models for interviews, and I strongly suggest you consider not paying. Again, this is coming from someone who is a huge advocate for models, but this is a community where we help each other, and a model gets paid for modeling, not for talking. That's interesting. Every single interview a musician or actor has ever done is free, no matter the reach of the media. seems like you're paying the models for interviews may actually affect your ability to do the podcast anymore. I really believe models would prefer for free, and I prefer to use the models' the money you have to pay the models for modeling. I so I've actually been thinking about that. I think that one of the things I think about paying for modeling. I just said before. I just, this is I keep going back and forth on this. I just said like 30 minutes ago that I wanted to keep paying models because I was worried that none of them would come. Uh, I, I do worry that some of the models that have been on the show have only been there because they were paid and they actually didn't care about the interview. That's a valid concern. Uh, that might be why some of the models that I've interviewed have been very kind of boring and plain and uh, not not good interview subjects. Because they don't really care about the interview. They're like, oh, sweet. Here's an easy way to get, you know, 80 bucks for an hour's worth of work. So continue on. Message part two. Your desire to pay the models for their time is admirable, but feel I feel misplaced and discounts the fact that models understand what you're trying to do and would actually want to help. Mm. Yeah? Hmm. I, I mean that's yeah, that's exactly what I was just talking about, and I, I think, I think, I think that I'm actually shooting myself in the foot. See, this is, I do tend to overanalyze, and this is part of why the social media anxiety happens. Is I start like running over possible conversations in my head, and then it usually goes negative, and I, I I overanalyze. I overanalyze. So now on to a few suggestions for future podcasts. Please get each model to suggest three to five other models they recommend and have worked with. A personal reviewer referral is gold. Link these in the show notes. That's interesting. Actually, those would be ones I could reach out to for potential models. I did that, actually, some of the more successful interviews that I had all came from kind of the same area. I interviewed a bunch of people in North Carolina, and I interviewed several people over in uh, Colorado because they all kind of recommended each other. So I do think that was pretty successful. For uh, Ziva Faye got me connected with uh, Jill Saunders, and uh, who else? There are a couple others that she got me connected with. Ah, uh, Cindy Screams and Cassie Cummings. So I need, to, I need to write this down so that I'm actually, you know, following through on. Next, please get each model to suggest a couple of photographers they recommend and have worked with. Link these in the show notes. That is a good one, too, because we were just talking about the blacklisting as well. So this might be... Might be a good one if they don't have models that they can recommend, or they don't have photographers they can recommend. That'd be useful too. Also for listeners, that would help them out because they can reach out to photographers and models they want to work with. Please get each model to suggest a couple of great locations they recommend and have shot in. That's a good one. That's also a good one. The, uh, finding good locations is tough sometimes. And lastly, please explicitly talk about prices. You clearly avoid it for a reason. I can't understand why. This should be a huge part of the show. I, you're not wrong. Like it is a big part, and I didn't kind of didn't want to because. And the reason I didn't is the prices I've been quoted for coming on the model for have ranged from $25 an hour to $350 an hour. There's a huge variation in prices and some people are definitely under selling themselves. And then two have quoted $350 an hour. So there's, uh, there's quite a bit, quite a bit of variation. So I appreciate it, Lauren. If I, I, like I said, I'd like to start again. If I can overcome some of the social media stuff, and I will definitely write these down, and that seems to seem like great, great things to talk about. All right, that is that is the majority of the feedback I've gotten. I have uh, actually hold on, I have not logged into my into this account for months because I've almost been afraid to. There's some messages in there that have been sitting unseen for quite a while. People are still following the social media. Funny. So here's one from Ben back in 22. You messaged me back in May, I have ignored since then. I'm sorry, Ben. I hope this finds you and yours doing well. I just found your podcast the other week, and I've been binging it every day I try. I'd like to make a suggestion for a model photographer for you to Instagram. Oh, all right. I think I reached out to her, but I don't think she was interested. Keep up the great podcast. I'm learning quite a bit about the industry, and I'm trying to get into it the easy way without making mistakes that could burn bridges. So, I appreciate that. So here's some more feedback from, I don't know if he wants me to use his whole name on here, but he didn't provide his first name. I, I always hear people like to think of themselves as part of a community. So listener questions, perhaps of the model you felt you engaged with the best and check with people before your user, their usernames on the podcast. Hence why I'm not saying that. I just caught part two with Cat Malone and made me think there hasn't been as much discussion on how to approach. Photography, and particularly not safe for work genres. I guess it gets to your note about finding photographers to interview them. many models build up good skills there too. So it's hard to run through here. Alright, looks like none of the rest is the guess Then we are at the end of the podcast. Like I said, I would like to keep it going. It sounds like there's, there's, there's several people that have encouraged me to not pay models for the podcast and the more I think about it, the more they're probably right. It probably brings in the wrong models to talk people that care more about a paycheck than being on the podcast. That might make it a little tougher, but eh, it's already fairly tough. And I'm going to call this the end of, I'm going to call this episode the end of season one and then season two may be back at some point. If you hear this and you are interested in coming on the podcast, or know somebody that you think should be on the podcast, reach out to me and I will try to overcome my social media anxiety to continue this because I really like doing it and I really like the results. And it sounds like there are a number of people that find it valuable. So with that, we're done. You can find us at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com. On Twitter is at NSFWPhotography. Instagram at the NSFW Podcast mastodon i have a mastodon instance and sfwphotography.social subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear if season two starts